0: hey everybody welcome to the block this is episode seven and i am here with your host james valentine hey james
1: how's it going how are you guys today uh as always like to welcome you to the block uh your block my block doesn't really matter uh as long as we can all find ways to do what's best to better our blocks so welcome to another episode and uh Things have been crazy, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The world's crazy. Uh, Life's crazy. Um, But, you know, the awesome part about it is through all the craziness, sometimes we can all find a little sanity. Uh, So this week, we're going to be talking about, we're in, weather's cooler here in Texas. Uh, We're starting to see some drop downs and and stuff like that. Um, So it's definitely, let's talk about planting. Let's put some stuff in the ground. Uh, we're gonna be doing some stuff within our greenhouse this week, uh, as well as doing starting to lay out some stuff that we're gonna be doing around landscaping and things like that on the property. So uh, let us walk away from the chaos of the world and concentrate on doing some things to better our block and actually get outside a little bit more, get our hands a little bit dirty, and hopefully get some healing within ourselves as we get closer to an upcoming election that is very important for us all
0: right exactly so as we start off every episode you already kind of alluded to some of the stuff that's been going on here however what have you been doing on your block well
1: not going over all of the craziness that has been happening on the block, and holy shit, or, well, you know, <laughs> it's like how uh, September, wow, really? It's almost over? <laughs> how did that happen? Um, but the truth be told, uh, I, the lighting in the greenhouse is completely finished. Uh, I am probably one day off of really just honing in the rest of that project. Uh, have a good series of plants growing in there doing a test run and uh, started to propagate a lot of seeds to go in uh, within the next, well, uh, wow, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so within the last next couple of days, so I would say the greenhouse is getting full uh, and moving into a little bit of a cooler weather planting. Uh, exciting times for us, but also really busy. Uh, a lot of when you find out when you're going to start doing some planting of your own, as well, uh, each each little individual plant is its own little life, <laughs> and each individual plant, each individual individual fruit or vegetable or so forth that you grow, all need your individual attention at some point in time. So it's pretty cool when you're starting to put all this stuff together. So what I have done on my block as far as Physical labor is. I've done some lighting inside the greenhouse. I've also acquired, or we have acquired, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a new little uh, rascal. Uh, we have a cane corso. Um, we have gotten her. It's been uh, several weeks now.
0: Yeah, we've we've mm-hmm. had her now for three to four, three to four weeks, something yeah. like that.
1: So she's kind of just honing in and being family. She is a pup. Uh, so she is currently taking a nap and I'm not sure where she, well, I know where she is, but, uh, she's a silent little stalker. So all of a sudden she appears and, uh, decides she's going to talk to us or just bite some stuff.
0: Uh, that actually is more likely what will happen is she will just show up and bite some stuff.
1: Yeah. She's in the biting phase. So I have named her Bitey McBite and that is very appropriate for the phase that we're in right now.
0: The, um, some of the other stuff that we've worked on, because we actually had just a little bit of a break here between the last episode that we recorded and this one. We actually had a couple pre-recorded. Um, part of our, our life got turned a little bit upside down because of getting her. It's, uh, it, it, we've had a hard time finding a time to record because she's very noisy.
1: She's very noisy and she's very active. Yeah. Uh, when I'm, you, you tend to be when you add a busy household, or you already two of us are extremely busy people, uh, with the business ventures that we have and uh, companies that we work for. Um, we tend to be extremely busy, so then we add a little, little, little person, another little person, or a little. Dog person. <laughs> to little, a, dog person. A little dog person. little dog person to the mix and, and that wants some time and wants to be played with and so forth. So it's kind of like, all right, let us figure this all out again. Um, but yeah, it's still a good time uh, when the craziness of the week tends to settle down, the dogs settle down as well. Uh, so let's get to the meat of it.
0: Well, actually, we had one other thing that did get completed.
1: Uh, we had our fence get completed. Yes. So we had uh, fencing go in on the property, uh, so the entire property is completely fenced in. A cool thing about that is at some point in time, we're going to go over the potential of what we're going to actually plant on that fencing uh, with the ultimate goal for that entire fencing and our fence line to actually become something that produces on the property as well.
0: Yep. Absolutely. So fantastic all right so then let's get into our topic and we want to talk this week in regards to um, ideas for people how to grow plants and then also ideas of what to grow
1: so when you know I'm sitting here and I'm deciding what to grow and things like that being that you know we're my business and then what we primarily do with uh, owning a food service business is a lot of the things I do. I cook, um, and and so when you're planting things, you have to start to remember. It was like, yeah, ooh, I should plant this and I should plant that, such as uh, the discussion of ooh, are we gonna plant basil? And then we sat and thought about how much basil do we actually use and between home cooking and taking stuff to our commercial kitchen to cook there, uh, would I be taking basil? And the answer to it is probably rarely. Um, so why would I waste time and energy in putting into a basil plant that would just be taking up space or I'd be finding uses, new uses for basil, uh, which as fantastic as you know, someone that spends his life in the kitchen, that is pretty much what you do with different ingredients. But as someone who is sitting at home, is when you're starting to have ideals of what to plant, and it's not hey this is just pretty or this is just x y and z. You have to figure out what you're planting and and how you're going to use it. Is this something that's going to be practical in your everyday use in life? And is it going to save you money in some aspect? So if you're planting something that is taking the place of something that you buy at a grocery store, then it's going to save you money and it's going to be something you more likely will take care of because you see not only the financial benefit, but you're using it as a family as well. Whereas if I was to plant basil, it would probably be something that ends up being pruned out because I'm spending effort and time on something I'm not using. So... Uh
0: bit, I think yeah. I think there's just one phrase that really just sums that up, and I think it's it's grow what you eat. I mean there's Absolutely. if you're going to spend the time, especially starting out, I mean, there's always time and place to expand and grow things that you don't eat or experiment. But when make this easy on yourself, grow what you eat, grow what you like. Absolutely. You know don't grow don't grow Brussels sprouts. If you don't like Brussels sprouts.
1: Unless you have a partnering neighbor who's growing different things that you guys can trade. And you're like, she really likes Brussels sprouts, but she has the better eye for the blackberries that you so love. Or a better green thumb, should I say. So she's going to be making all the blackberries. you're like, you know what? I'm great on these Brussels sprouts. So then you're making all the Brussels sprouts with the ideal. I'm trading these Brussels sprouts (laughs) for the blackberries that are going to be across the way. Uh, Which is something that hopefully that more of us will actually get to because then that's the bartering system and money didn't exchange hands here. Just all of us doing a little time and effort and helping out a neighbor here and there. So possibilities of starting clubs and things like that. And don't think of, you know, where you have someone like us where we have some property and some land where we're going to be doing a lot of growing and we have the room to do it. But the purpose of how we're growing and what we're growing is we wanna let people know it was like, we lived in cities for a long time. We both lived in apartments and, you know, we went through that whole progression like most of us do, you know, from houses to, you know, from, you know, studio apartments to (laughs) regular apartments, to, you know, a room here and there and to, and so, you know, we understand the progression, but in all of those things, whether you're in a studio apartment, to you have land or a backyard, or so forth, you don't need a lot of space to grow for you. You just have to dedicate an area in your house, in in a house, a windowsill, or so forth, to actually putting and putting some effort into it because it just is. Chances are, it won't just grow magically. Um, no magic beans, anything so that that would just take care of themselves. So it was a little bit of time and effort, but. It doesn't need a lot of space to actually have an impact on your life.
0: Um, but here's, here's the thing, too. I think, uh, I think a lot of people make a mistake of thinking that they're going to grow food and they're going to replace all the produce that they get at the market. But that is not, absolutely not what you should do. And you shouldn't even put that in your mind right away. Maybe ultimately that would be amazing. However, what you got to do, just grow one thing. Start growing one thing. Start growing lettuce. If you love lettuce, grow one thing. If you use herbs, grow some herbs. They you can grow them. Literally, you can grow lettuce in a mason jar. Absolutely,
1: but what I will tell people is, you know, when you're saying that it's not something that's going to start to replace, Um, you're growing, and so for instance, uh, one of the things that. Uh, we look at and we find useful in our household are me who primarily does a lot of the cooking and things like that um, between preserves and, 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 and things that I do in my kitchen. Blueberries are something that will come into our property um, and I'm, I'm actually planting three to four different varieties of blueberries and I've actually looked in between taste, growth, yield, and so forth. Those are some of the things that I looked into when I decided to grow these four different varieties. Um, I also looked at color, uh, flowers and uh, foliage and so forth to actually complete a landscaping ideal, but an edible landscaping ideal that I will be able to use and harvest and use in the kitchen, uh, So, when I looked at all of these things and how I was going to grow it, I actually understand and looked at, all right, I'm growing fruit. And so, a blueberry is a small fruit tree. So, these things, and what we're saying is don't look at it as going to be something that immediately replaces. Understand that you're building a garden that will replace things as it matures. So... Whenever you're planting like fruit trees and things like that, chances are, unless you're getting an already mature fruit tree, you're gonna have to grow through the young phase of actually helping that tree or that bush become fruit bearing. So within that first one to two years, chances are what you're going to do is be helping that root system and that that tree. Become a little bit more mature before you actually start to produce fruit off of it. So, it, it, you're you're doing this work, understanding in the next year to two years, depending on the level of tree that you've purchased or grown or so forth, where it is in that cycle, and say you know in that first year to two years, you're not going to get any fruit off of it. If you're going to want to have an abundant harvest because you're going to want to give it to that one to two years to actually adjust to the transplanting into a new environment and you're doing some pruning and so forth to get it ready to do a, a correct harvest. So that, that tree hasn't provided you or your family anything in the first one to two years. So it's not going to replace anything during that time. But what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to have a, a garden that will over the longevity of your household and your homestead actually replace and you don't know you no longer have a need for the grocery store to buy those items so i know that blueberries are going to be abundant and i'm making jellies and so forth and things like that and pies and pie crust and and that's when I can start to either say hey at this time I'm gonna have way more blueberries than I can need let me talk to you know you know again I have my, my growing partner neighboring that's doing the same ideal maybe or somebody else that I know that's just on my block and they have the same ideal and they're doing something else or they' you know maybe they're an artist maybe they're a mechanic it doesn't really matter if it gives you an opportunity to, to to use the abundance and the your overflow to potentially keep some cash in your pocket as well but the reason we try to i we go back to explain that is to 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 let people know hey you're planting fruit and you're planting trees which means you're going to have to give them time to mature before it's just always suddenly reaping all the benefits, and you see why you did this. Cause right now I'm just telling you, hey, you're gonna go do some hard work, but <laughs> it's gonna pay off in the end. And you know, awesome part about it is we're just like you know little dogs and new dogs and and people. Treat rewards are pretty awesome, and fresh blueberry jelly is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Our blueberry pie or so forth, but that's just one thing that's going in the garden. That's just. That we have planned for our September planning.
0: So now um, you, you, you're talking about blueberries and, and blueberries do take some time before they start. you start to get a yield yeah. uh, of blueberries from them. So now that's, that's one of those things, um, looking at things like blueberries and fruit trees and nut trees and that type of thing. Those are something that are absolutely amazing to put in the ground now. If you have a place to do that. Absolutely. Now, the, the key there is, like you already said, it can take years Absolutely. before you're getting anything from them. So these are not, you don't put these places that, you know, it's not like planting carrots. No. Where you're going to go pull the carrots, in, you know, in a few months. These got to go somewhere where they can just stay. So it takes a little thought. You don't want to, you know, get your, you know, your apple tree planted. And then two years from now, just when you're getting to the point where you might get some fruit, go, oh, no, that's a very bad location. I need to move that apple tree or cut it down. Yeah. So those types of plants are, I, I think, something that has to have a little bit more thought.
1: Uh, absolutely.
0: More so than than some of the easier um Stuff that grows more quickly.
1: So the awesome part about it is we're in your areas, um, depending on where you are in the US, a fantastic thing about this is there are so many different blueberry strains that you can actually grow in pots. And so with what we're talking about just today over the different couple things that we're planning, is all of the stuff that we're doing you can do in pots. But all of the stuff that we're also talking about growing is... So from being in an apartment, you can do this in a pot. So if you have a little Mm -hmm. area that you can do in a patio or a little deck or like front, you know, little decking area that is your own entryway or something like that. You want to put a nice little blueberry bush or so forth. You can do all of these things in pots. And the cool thing about it as well is so to someone who has a home is these make great looking bushes. So all of that landscaping that you're forced to go out and landscape in front of your house, if you're a homeowner that does his own landscaping or so forth, or even pay someone to do the landscaping, is now your landscaping actually is providing you something.
0: So those of you that live in an HOA, pay attention to this. Because when you're in an HOA, you're required to have a certain type of landscaping or pretty landscaping or it has to be something yeah. this is these are some things that you can do to actually have your landscaping meet the um, the restrictions yeah. of an HOA but still be able to grow some food or something that you enjoy
1: so all of the four different varieties and four, and I don't want to get into varieties because there's so many different varieties But when I'm paying attention to to varieties that I'm talking about with landscaping and so forth, and this is what we're doing with this, is like uh, we have ones with uh, light pink flowers, with light blue flowers, with white flowers. And so this is all going to be sprinkled out through landscaping. So not only are you, again, getting something that's edible, but but right before fruits is going to produce these beautiful flowers and so forth and turn all these pretty colors in the fall. So, yeah. So even if you have a homeowner's association, you're actually helping your... Your neighborhood in your block. And the cool thing about that is if you're in a neighborhood like that, guess what? You got neighbor kids that you can, you know, bribe with some yard work. It was like, hey, these are going to produce some blueberries. You want free blueberry pie or <laughs> blueberry jelly or so forth or, you know, the neighborhood kids and, you know, moms or so forth. You know, you have a, a project for a play date. You know, kids get fresh fruit. They get to learn how to grow something. Um, so moving from blueberries everyone loves herbs and so forth uh, makes all of our food taste better uh, medicinal uses on herbs and things like that so a great thing in Texas if you're in Texas everyone here knows about scorpions they're they're pain in the ass uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they get in the house and they get everywhere and so forth so uh, rosemary. Uh, awesome thing about that. rosemary is an evergreen. So anyone, anyone, if you have an office building, if you have any of this, any people with any type of evergreens in front of their house, rosemary can absolutely take the place of most evergreens and they grow pretty tall if you take care of them. So it takes care of... Oh, there's are so many different varieties. And again, so what we're putting in um, within or within our September planning, what we're putting is three different types of rosemaries. And of all those different types of rosemaries, they all have a culinary and medicinal use. So not only can I cook with them, they all also have applications for medicine and home remedies. But what this rosemary naturally does it provides a border for my house and keeps scorpions from being all over the place. Oh heck yes. <laughs> yeah, so we are
0: definitely in favor of that. Yeah.
1: So here's what you do. You're changing you're, cha- you're, you're changing any of your landscaping that that that's sitting in your house that's not producing anything, that's not doing anything, and that's just there for decoration to use. And you're changing it into something that when you trim, you can store it. Dry it, save it, use it, uh, give it to friends, put it in bouquets, make stuff smell better. I mean, it's a fresh herb, so tie it in bundles. Put it in your kids' dirty socks or whatever have you. At the (laughs) bottom of the dirty hamper, it smells like rosemary. So your house smells like fresh herbs. Um, And it then again also has a natural... uh, Barrier between your house and actually not spraying chemicals. So as if you are an animal lover, you have uh, kids and so forth, you don't want to spray a lot of chemicals around your house to keep the bugs out. You're going to change your landscaping. You're going to add some rosemary. You're going to add some of these other plants that actually just naturally act as barriers for these animals. Is it going to be perfect? No, there's nothing that's perfect. Even when you spray chemicals, you got to keep coming back and spraying more chemicals.
0: <laughs> well, but the other so. the other thing is too. I right, by putting in these uh, natural plant um, barriers that will, um, you know, push repel certain insects and pests. But you're also making your soil better, which is also bringing beneficial insects, as well that are going to help with that problem as well. So if you got healthy soil, you're bringing healthy insects Absolutely. but you're also like go back to the blueberries so these um the blueberries and their flowers you're bringing uh beneficial pollinators so the bees the wasps the hornets that type of thing now wasps i mean wasps are some gnarly hunters i mean they hunt some the critters you don't want in your house you know so helping the bee population helping the um wasp population, is all beneficial to making everything around you better.
1: Agreed, Absolutely. And so you did actually mention something to uh, about pollinators. So everything that we're in discussion with, that we're putting in landscaping and so forth, they're all fantastic pollinators. So that just means they attract the bees. And, and the wasp and everything else. You know, we're in Texas sometimes. We get some gnarly wasp and everything else like that. But we also need these things if we continue to want fruit and hey how about just living uh, <laughs> no bees no life
0: i mean in our yeah. in our only problem with the wasps is sometimes where they decide to build their nest but, you true. can you can get them out of the areas that you don't want to have them build nests by putting up fake wasp nests and then they'll build in a different area and then you're still getting the benefit and they're not over your front door
1: there you go <laughs> <laughs> ways to deter yeah all right, so with that too, so different types of rosemary that we're putting in and things like that, but also there's some that are like, when you really get into the types of rosemary, you'll start to look at it was like, wow, um, there's either rosemary that's great for uh, retaining walls. So if you're looking for that like creepy, like Ivy or type of look or something like that, you can actually p- put rosemary in its place, have something that you can cook or use with, but it still gives you that same effect. Um, So such flowers that we're gonna see from these rosemary's are uh, just regular blues, sky blues, and a dark blue. So mixed in with a lot of the light blues and the pinks that we're gonna see within our landscaping, it's gonna give us a lot of color contrast as well. Darker greens on their foliage as well. So some green contrast within our growing. So I love time. I use time a whole <laughs> shitload of time. Um, if
0: you guys had any idea how much time we go through in a week, it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, this right here is gonna save us a boatload of money every week.
1: <laughs> so, it, it, and altogether, time uh, is one of those herbs. Uh, you you can play on so many sides of the fence is with time from sweet. Uh, to savory, to just downright just, uh, you know, dirty, you know, dirty rice or something like that. But thyme is one of those herbs that you can use in such a broad spectrum, and there's so many different uh, varieties of it. So with thyme, essentially, what I'm going to do is I have two for culinary use, and then I have two for that i uh, work better a little bit better with drinks and so forth. But sprinkled throughout my garden and things like that, is you also have to look at these herbs and what we're planting. uh, You know, they're also going to provide for us a monetary use as well. So as we start to prune and shape our garden and shape our landscaping, and so. These are all clippings within our landscaping and so forth that, you know, these are clippings that we can add into compost piles if we need these. But these are all clippings that we can actually cut off and bundle together and be a nice neighbor, provide some fresh herbs to neighbors, or go to our local farmer's market and actually start a booth where we're actually providing fresh herbs to of a, a, you know, a variety of different people, whether it be our neighbors, you know, if we have a small farmer's market within our town or a bigger farmer's market within our uh, cities. So, you know, look into the potential opportunities to actually make some money. I mean, how many of us have been sitting in the dry herb aisle and said, what? For who? <laughs> oh, that's a, <laughs> But I need this for this recipe. And <laughs> yeah, I, I've actually, you know you find different where different places like going to farmers markets and things like that to actually get some cheaper herbs because of how expensive herbs can actually be. And so if you are a cook or someone who likes to do that but it's 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 an additional way to either help your neighbors or help those who you know like to cook but if you like to cook you have fresh herbs and you're able to take these out. So again all of this stuff that we're talking are going into our landscaping from the blueberries, of thyme, the rosemary, and these are just kind of starting to tip the iceberg um, of everything that's going in. So don't think that we we put this on such a huge scale that you can't do this at home because all of these things from thyme, the rosemary, the blueberries, all can be grown in a pot. And so you can have a small little herb garden, you know, and they sell those all over the places like that. And I want you to go out and branch out and get a little bit more advanced than going into. Uh, I think those things are a great way to start, but it's really hard to maintain a longevity in one of those like little starter kits that they have. Um, but absolutely a great way to start in any way. Absolutely. Your if, it, so, if,
0: if that's what it takes to get you started to grow something then those little kits are awesome.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely fantastic to get you started.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. But I also believe, actually we both believe and have seen it personally, that once you start putting things in the ground and you have success at putting things in the ground, it makes you want to grow more.
1: Absolutely. you. Well, well here's what happens is, I think it's just like anything, you start to see the success of what you're doing and you realize, hey, it's not that bad. I can do this you know what, it would be kind of cool. You start thinking of some of the other things that you eat or enjoy or or grow and say, hey, I could do more of this. Uh, And so you start to look at those things and say, hey, maybe maybe I should put some of these things in. Uh, For instance, I know with me planting some of the berries and things like that that are going into our landscaping, um, I have a selfish use in some aspect for it is... Uh, We have an old hand pie recipe that's been passed down from, you know, generation, 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 going back into plantation times. That my mom supposedly knows how to, uh, that she's been taught. Um, And she is, uh, if you know my mom, then you know why. It's like, oh, God. (laughs) No, I'm joking. (laughs) Um, But what I want to do is, you know, take some time to actually, uh, sit down with my mom and actually get to know that recipe. And what's kind of cool about that is I'm actually going to be learning a recipe that has been passed down generation to generation, but I'm also going back and doing something that we did generational as well. You know, as my great, great, I think my great, great grandfather, everything from his farm fed the family. Um... So there was nothing that anybody in the family bought. It all came off that farm, and so to be able to say, "Hey, I'm gonna learn an old recipe of learning hand pies," and I'm gonna be able to go out to my front yard or in out in, the, in front of the property and pull, you know, some blackberries and blueberries, and I'm gonna use that to learn that recipe. Uh, kind of just goes around full circle, or you know, gets us back to doing some of the things that we probably should have never abandoned. Uh, and being a little bit more responsible for ourselves so speaking of blackberries which is also something that i'm debating back and forth because blackberries are something really good that grows on the trellis, um and with our new fencing that that went in and the fact that it, on our property we've already have uh wild blackberries that have kind of nestled in and and even after bush hogging through some stuff. And, and they and, still show up. Yeah, mowing them, they're still like here. So that lets you know that this here, the property here is a really good place to grow blackberries. Because blackberries by themselves are already wanting to take a foothold and grow naturally here. So just being able to go out and provide some places for them to latch on to and actually have a stronghold. Well, they're already doing their thing here, so we might mind it venture out and put those actually on the fence line so I'm going back and forth in between that and roses but the only thing is roses was like wow that might take a lot to grow (laughs) a lot of time I don't know if I have that time to devote to roses but and you know I can't eat roses you know I can make stuff with roses you can
0: do like rose hip tea and all that kind of
1: stuff but it's not the same as like bread pie you're right
0: but however we have a lot of fence line
1: that is very true (laughs) You That's don't have true. to pick one. I, I you know, I, I, you know, I could <laughs> branch out I can <laughs> do both. I can do a few, absolutely. Um, so as we're doing that, is blackberries, mints. uh Mints is something that we're going to be putting in as well. Um, and with that said, is like I want to look at it as I'm going through all my list of things that we're growing with different herbs, and you're going go to go go through how you cook. How you do things, and if you have a medicinal use, or if that's something that you you're into, you're gonna to research your herbs. There's you know tons of information that you can find throughout and online. So, when you're planning stuff out, kind to kind of sit down and as you're researching, which you know whether it be fruit trees, herbs, or so forth that you're gonna put in, is there a buddy herb? Is there something that is symbiotic with this that I'm putting in that, uh, that I, might be beneficial to me or I might use uh, that can help your plant that you actually really like grow a little bit stronger?
0: Well, you can... Like, some of the stuff that grows a little bigger, you can interplant. So, like, some of these herbs stay little. Yeah. Um, so you could... Like, some of the, like these bushes that get bigger in front of them you know, far enough away you could put in, you know, a little time or, you know, some other stuff that doesn't get as tall and interplant.
1: No, absolutely. So there's a hundred different ways to do it. And I won't bore you with all of the stuff that we're putting in, but I'm putting in a bunch of berries and things like that. Uh, a lot of things, uh, want to make sure that we have our edible, um, but also that also combine between edible and have a medicinal use and also um, are decorative Mm -hmm. at the same time. Uh, I think you, which is pretty awesome because if we all think about uh, apple trees and cherry trees and so forth, I mean, hell, they have festival to the blossoms that a lot of the fruit trees actually provide and how pretty it can look. So understanding that, but you also have to understand the potential mess if you're not going to harvest and things like that. Uh, the birds will take care of a lot of problems, but then the birds poop um, and fruit can fall to the ground and rot and so forth. So this is something that you have to actually understand. There's some, uh, I would say some, I won't say side effects. It, there's some work that's gonna, that you're putting yourself into. and. And there's some fun, there's some rewards. So you have to actually make it part of your routine and something that you're going to actually find beneficial. That's why I was like, when you plant, make sure that you plant something that you're going to need. Something that you use, not something that you think is cool. It might be cool for a couple months, but then you're going to go on with doing the things that you need. Doing the things that you want and provide a useful.
0: So I think I think right now I think this is a good time period for people to know um, what they should plant because of COVID. What I mean, the grocery store shelves were like of produce were empty of some things. I mean, was there something that you went to the store to get during COVID that you couldn't get besides toilet paper and hand sanitizer? Can't grow either one of those, right? Um, but, uh, you know, I I heard of people that are now growing little lettuce plots, because they went to the store and they couldn't get lettuce.
1: Well, I mean, as we talk about herbs, uh, I know that was a rant that I went on. uh have a family group text, and I have an alter ego uh, emoji that I went on a rant oh. <laughs> about what the hell are y'all doing with all the fresh herbs? <laughs> it was like, but I walked into, you know, a Whole Foods looking for some fresh herbs and it was like all of the herbs were bought out. So, here's the truth. Um, anyone who was thinking, oh my, oh my god, I might need to make some home remedies, they ran and grabbed some of the fresh herbs and things like that because they could dry them and they could make, you know, a hundred different things with some of that just in case some of the the stores ran dry because everyone you know stockpiled it just having some of this knowledge and growing some of this stuff for yourself and and understanding that what you're just doing is having the knowledge so even if it's like hey you know what i'm gonna grow it for a little bit and have the knowledge and understand how to do it if you ever need it, it that's not the time to learn it, it's just not <laughs> the chances are everybody else is trying to do it then too But if this is with COVID has taught us all is that, one, um, I, I, there were points at a time, you know, where, you know, we're all pretty busy. And I know for people who, who work for and have to be at a job or a building from this time to this time, have kids from this time to this time, pickups from this time to this time, standing in a grocery store line for an hour and a half, just wasn't getting it done. It was, it was, it was hard to do those things. Um, so you find some appreciation for the times that we don't have to do that, of course. But during those times where, I, you know, you realize that, hey, my normal life is being affected and it's being done so because I just don't have the time to stand in line because this is the protocols because we're in a pandemic. Maybe there are some things that I can do and make sure that this doesn't happen to me again. And where the grocery store is a secondary. And that's the cool thing about it. I was thinking, uh, I've said it for the longest. It was like the grocery store should be something that we supplement our lives with. Um, you know, between sourcing food locally with local farmers or at the local farmers market, your grocery store should be the supplement for, oh, well, I want some convenient this. I want some. Uh, you know, uh, it's hard to get you know milk and so forth a lot of times at a grocery store. So I'll go grab a milk or or so forth. But pretty much everything else you can pretty much source from. Uh, Are
0: you telling that it's hard to grab milk from a farmer's market? Yeah. So that's here in Texas. That mm. is not the case everywhere, um, and I mean, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I know that we talk a lot, a lot about farmers markets, however that is um, an entity that we 100% support um, because local farmers and ranchers knowing where your food is from is, um, is the way to go so if you're not growing everything that, that you eat which you shouldn't be you just need to start small go get it from local people also they love to talk about their stuff so if you want to find out what grows well in your area go talk to them they will talk your ear off if you let them.
1: Completely. They are, every one of us talks about supporting local. I mean, in Texas, that's big. Uh, you see it everywhere. By Texas, Texas Strong, so forth. Um, but that was something, you know, p- between our travels throughout our, the country and the places that we've lived throughout the country. That I find just buying from, the, I, I don't know, I just like going to the local joints. You know, you know, the small places and those where you find, it's where you find the best food. Um, it's where you learn the secrets of the city. If you're living in a city or if you're, you're living in a small town or you're living, the, the local eateries and, and, and the local small places tend to be the best sources of information. And I feel that's where you truly learn. If you're living in a big city, that's where you learn the city. You are in the city that people say they love, and it's because they've grown, their, grown up their whole lives and they've explored and so forth. You learn that from the small local joints. Uh, and so, buying local and, and buying small, you immediately impact someone's life. You're no longer feeding the cogs and machine and you're you're breaking free and you're giving some of that to to the local guys and you know it's not going it's going to feed someone's family it's going to raise someone's kids and it's your local farmer and your local ranch when we look at you know as we look at our next generation and they talk about climate change whether you believe it or not or so forth whether you believe the scientists are not or it doesn't really matter you have family, kids, friends and so forth. Your your responsibility is to leave it better than you found it so those after you can have it to enjoy. Otherwise why are you having kids? Otherwise why are you having grandkids and stuff like that if you don't give a shit about what you're doing and so when you're gone and say, like, eh, you know what? You know I'll go to hell. I don't care about the land anymore." So it's not the case. We all know that's not the truth. So you're having, you're, we're doing all this for our families and so forth. So buying small, giving back to a small local small farmer is going to help the climate change. It's going to help all of us because one, we're eating local. Um, and so that means we're getting more of our local pollens and so forth in their system. It's going to help our immune system. It's going to, it, you know, there's a hundred different reasons why this is better for the environment then going through the big factory farms and so forth. That information is out there. It's all over the place. But what I really like, it's not fueling big farmers. It's not fueling big factory farm corporations. It's putting the money back in your local community and it's helping a local small town farmer.
0: Speaking of that, when, uh, in the middle of COVID, when there was a meat shortage in the uh, grocery stores, where could you still get meat?
1: At farmer's markets, without As, a problem.
0: Without a problem. Mm-hmm. So for our, our other business at the farmer's market, we support uh, local ranchers and farmers and uh, uh, buy a lot of meat. Um, we never actually ran out. They always had meat. They always had what we needed. We were always able to find it because we supported local ranchers and farmers and didn't buy things at the grocery store.
1: And the, the awesome part about it too is with dealing with local people, they they get they, they talk to their community. They're responsible for their community. They look you in the eye and they look. They work and live in your community. So, it's not some faceless corporation. It's somebody right there. So, they weren't allowing people like, well, I'm going to hoard all your meat. And it was like, no, you're not. You're going to buy X, Y, and Z because I have other people that I need to help as well. And so, by doing that, they were able to continue to keep all the people who continue to go to the farmer's market within meat because they be like, mm, no, we're not going to do that because you know what? I know James down the road and I know he likes my steaks too. So, I'm going to have a couple of for James. Sorry. Um, I'm going to be here next week. So I'm not going anywhere. You don't need to hoard me. Um, but and again, that's us all working well within our block to take care of our community. And so there has to be more people. Honestly, there has to be more people of color actually doing more, growing and producing. And, you know, a lot, honestly, a lot of the hard work. A lot of the heavy lifting, a lot of the stuff that we got away from because of all the stereotypes, and I can go over those and so forth, but if you're a person of color, you understand what I'm already talking about as far as the stereotypes that came with it and why we walked away from it. Um, but that knowledge is absolutely necessary and imperative that you know how to produce, grow your own food. So... <laughs> At, uh, you know, it, so this is something that we're going to preach about. But again, this is something that we're going to go over and, and also talk within the podcast because not only is voting and knowing our incumbents and knowing who's on the, the ballot, absolutely important. Um, <laughs> sorry, I have a dog uh, <laughs> biting for my attention at the moment, uh, as she has woken up for a nap. Uh, it, those things are imperative that we know how to grow hunt and and produce our own food that the grocery store is the only not the only way or the local fast food joint is the only way we know how to get food it, and if that is the only way we know how to get food th- that's that's really bad people uh, it's it's i mean and when i say bad i mean really really bad uh we have to know how to feed ourselves. So we're going to be doing this on our block. We're going to encourage you guys to do this on your block. We're going to be doing uh, some videos uh, probably within the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll figure out how to get those up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, cause as, uh, I know
0: we keep teasing that, but it is actually going to happen. But before yeah. before we actually go there, I would like to just talk about a couple of different ways to grow. So that to just kind of get people to just think a little bit outside the box. Right. So, you know, if, if you're in an apartment, um, you've got a windowsill. Absolutely. You can, you can put a little rack. I mean, you can either get a little pot, little pots and put on a windowsill. You can get long pots and put on the windowsill. You can get a little rack, a little shelving rack and put on the top of it, you know, pots to grow things in. Mason jars. Um, I've been reading, did a little reading recently in regards to growing little heads of lettuce in mason jars.
1: There are actually videos out uh, on several different, I'm sure if you're in Facebook or so forth, you've seen little clips of people doing that now. Well, and, uh, and from scraps, YouTube YouTube, yeah, so exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, you don't need a big space. No. Um, if you've got a little bit of space, like one of the things that we have where you start plants is there's this little four-shelf rack that you can get, that you can put lights on. I mean, um, I... There's so
1: many small hydroponic greenhouse options now that even in an apartment, if you want to grow full heads of lettuce, but you want to do it the new way, the scientific way, the way that you see it on TV, and you want, you're want limited to space, but you have enough space to have like a little wardrobe size. Little grow space. I mean, in your apartment. what is
0: that rack that we have? It's like a two by three.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's a
0: two by three space. It's vertical. It's got four shelves.
1: And all I I use it to grow starters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So starters will grow in there, and they will sit there for you know, however long, depending on whatever I'm growing on. Where I want the plant to be before I put it into a bigger status in the green, excuse me, in the greenhouse or. If we're going into the ground, um, mm-hmm. you just have to kind of play that level and, and know what you're growing, should I say.
0: But somebody could somebody could grow greens in that, where they start, I mean, greens take like three weeks they to could grow.
1: Do, they could do microgreens like crazy. In well, those. in, in uh,
0: microgreens, you're looking at seven to 14 days. Yeah. But like even just like greens like lettuces or arugula or that type of thing, you could start one row one week, the next row another week, and then you'd have them staggered for harvesting. Um, and then, so you have that inside. Then you go outside. I mean, you can do, you can plant right in the ground. If you're if you're lucky enough to live in a place with soil that you can plant right in the ground, plant right in the ground, make your life easier. Um, the next step is raised beds. All that is, make some sort of border. You can use cinder blocks.
1: Well, what's awesome, pa when you start to really research bed options, uh, from like raised beds and so forth, The moment you Google raised beds, you will (laughs) now find that there are so many options from Amazon to Lowe's or so forth and of many different sizes. So you can fit it to small backyards, big backyards, to I want to dedicate a whole lot of space to it or I want to dedicate just this little bitty space to it and I'm only going to grow X, Y, and Z. Uh, The fantastic thing about raised beds now, um, um, having done this and 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 looked into things and built uh some some of my own stuff is you realize there's so many options of of beds already out there so you don't even have to have materials or uh, saw or i won't say materials tools (laughs) and then that could be a limiting thing you know for someone who doesn't have tools to be able to cut and and hammer and saw and so forth um You might find it where it's like, you know, that's not something I have. So having a prefab box that was pretty, you know, from I looked at stuff that was pretty relatively inexpensive to things that, you know, got pricey. Uh So
0: I was just, I I happened to have seen recently at somebody's property that I was at, they made a raised bed out of cinder blocks. All it was was cinder blocks put end to end. It was perfect. Cinder blocks are super cheap. Absolutely. And you need no tools. You put the cinder blocks in the end and you fill it with dirt.
1: Cinder blocks are great for a lot of things. I can't tell you how many barbecue pits or big uh, right? smoking things <laughs> are made from cinder blocks. Um, because of their cheap, effective, uh, a lot of heat resistant um, uh, options because it's essentially just concrete. <laughs> and so, and again, you know, you crack one, it breaks. It's like, oh, I'll go pick a one up for three dollars, and and so, that those options are out there. That's why I always say, from cheap options to you can you can go up depending on your budget. So it's not really about how much money this is going to cost you. It's just about time because mm-hmm. you can figure out the cheap, extremely cheap options to get some things growing for you and your family.
0: And, but one big thing too is if you're going to grow outside, don't, if you have, if you have a little bit of space outside your home, do not go to the farthest place away from, away from your house. Keep it close because what you want to do is see it. You want to see it growing. You want to, you see a weed, you want to pull a weed. You don't want to end up there once a week. You want to see it every day. That's going to make sure that you, you keep an eye on it, you know what's happening, and that you're successful.
1: And know yourself. When I say know yourself, it set yourself up for success. So, for instance, if you know, hey, I'm a person that I'm determined or I'm stubborn more, I don't know what you want to call it, but if I'm, I'm going to do something, I'll do it. But if I'm not gonna buy myself something or start a project, such as if, if you're gonna say, hey, I'm gonna put all these fruit trees and I'm gonna dig them in by hand, I'm personally going to go and get an auger and and drill a deep enough hole and so forth to get them set right. Because I know damn well digging, after you start digging, especially right here where we're at, where I'm at. And if you're in uh, in Texas, there's are certain areas where you'll hit clay when you're about two feet deep, <laughs> and, and and some nasty stuff. So to be digging it through it by hand, gee, yeah, you just do that a couple times, you realize I'm gonna go buy the, I'm gonna rent whatever forty or fifty dollar tool if I don't have it myself, and I'm gonna get through this because guess what, uh, I know I'm gonna do a piss poor job if by you know tree number for tree number five or something like that because i know it's it's hard clay that i'm digging through and my mm-hmm. body's gonna get tired my arm's gonna give and so forth so it's knowing yourself but knowing and setting yourself up it's like hey i know I, i'm gonna do this i know i want to have a good job and put in put it in the budget that's what i always tell people it was like oh i want to spend the extra money it was like no put it in the budget and say hey Part of the budget is I'm going to need to rent this tool because I know how we're going to dig this. So if that means we're going to get one less tree, that means we're going to get one less tree.
0: Yeah, you guys, the, the money you spend to, to rent uh, the right tool or possibly sometimes even buy the right tool will work itself out. It is so worth it.
1: It's like, yeah, just set yourself up for the right thing um, and then set yourself up for success. So know how you work. Know how active, how involved you're going to be. So when you're starting to research beds and, and things that you can do, understand there, there are options that can have you heavily involved or have options that can have you less involved. So determine how you're going to be and how, you, how involved you want to be and then do the best thing for you and your family to set yourself up for success. Right. And work so, together.
0: Yeah. So you have raised beds. I mean, and then from there you can go into, you know, hydroponics and aquaponics, wicking beds, you know, greenhouses, that type of thing. However, you know, the, the thing here is I think the whole what we're trying to say today is that, Excuse me. Um, is that just start somewhere. Do something. It doesn't have to be big. It can be little. It can be growing one little pot of herbs or one mason jar of lettuce, but just grow something. You're going to be amazed at how amazing it is uh, when you try it in comparison to what you buy in the store.
1: So with that said, get out there, get growing, (laughs) get voting.
0: Get voting. Uh Yes, everybody get registered to vote. It's coming up.
1: Yeah, it's almost your registration is almost out. So you're going to either be out and not voting for this or you're going to be voting for this uh make your voice heard and make it heard the right way by getting out there and doing some voting uh as always i want to welcome or i want to thank you guys for visiting the block you're always welcome uh uh, unless you're you know know, banned from the block but we haven't banned we haven't banned (laughs) anybody (laughs) from the block
0: (laughs) all right everybody hey thanks for joining us if you have any questions um anything that you any topics or anything that you would like to suggest uh we do have an email it is myblockpodcast at gmail.com uh we are still working on the facebook page and all that kind of stuff it will get there um we just you know we're we're trying we're trying to do everything we can but right now we're focusing on growing some stuff um anyway thank you for joining us
1: all right good night guys
0: good night